You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Welcome to 3AM. 3AM. 3AM, where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3AM is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? This is the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is Sean. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. And here we just are a bunch of friends. We tell scary stories, try to scare each other. And, well, if you like this... Go like and subscribe on our stuff. <laughs> we attempt to, at least. <laughs> but. Dude, do you guys have any standout memories of telling scary stories as a kid? But before we continue, just shout out to Kevin. He's in the room. Kevin, how you doing? Great, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great as well. Thank doing you. Doing great. Thank you, man. When I was little, I told one of my friends about things that would go on in my house. And his mom heard and kicked me out, and I wasn't allowed to go over there anymore. <laughs> uh, that makes sense, because most little kids' stairways are like, and then the monster <laughs> growled. And then Kevin's is like, well, the devil was in my room last night and <laughs> ripped me out of my bed. So uh, I could understand that mother's actions, I think. <laughs> Did you ever have a part of your childhood where now you think back, and you're like, that was... Slightly serial killer-ish. Of yourself? Yeah. Does that make sense? Kind of. I was... Look look back and you're like, oh, those are tendencies of a psychopath, sociopath. So when I was like eight, I was holding this cat underwater. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Let me think for real. Uh, Maybe not a real question. I have one that I don't want to put on the air. (laughs) Well, you know what that means. <laughs> Me and my family have a tradition. We go and put it on the air. It's called confession time. And every once in a while, one of us will be like, all right, confession time. And if you state that, you cannot be judged. So oh, if you want to hit like us with it. a confession time, just do it. And no one can judge you, all you listeners. Uh, I, I don't care. Okay. Just make sure you say confession time beforehand or else we'll judge you. Confession time. <gasps> oh, <Whoa. geez. laughs> I, I think was, you just summoned something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some bad childhood memories. <laughs> this is one of those memories where I actively try to block out <laughs> and just erase from the archives of my mind. 
Now we'll just make it permanent. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to help. But I was playing at my friend's house, and he has a bunch of siblings. So we're, he has like a bunch of toy like swords and guns, and we're playing like war in the basement. And I can't remember if it was his or mine. I think it was his, but he had like a cool pocket knife that he just got. And he's like, dude, check this out. And I like, I, I think we might have been like 10 or 11. And we were already hyped up in the mentality of just playing war. So he gives me this pocket knife and I take it out. It's, it's a dope pocket knife like all knives are when you're a kid. <laughs> and I push him against the, a wall. <laughs> And I put the knife to his neck. And I was like, nah, dude, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I put the knife away. I I seriously was kidding. Uh, I promise. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Fuck, my heart rate is up right now. <laughs> um, Did something come over wait, you? Wait, wait, wait. I'm, not hell? I'm not finished. Oh, is there more? While, while I was doing that, his dad came down. Oh my gosh. It was like the perfect timing. And he looked at me and all he said was, don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. And I looked at him. I was like, no, nah, I'm just joking. Yeah, whatever. And I backed off and I saw, like I looked behind and dad was talking to, to my homie and I could hear him say, are you all right? Is like, just checking on him if he was okay. But, that was it. Nothing else happened. They moved away. The next day. No. <laughs> that child is scarred for life. Damn, when you play games, you get into it, dog. <laughs> oh, man. It's embarrassing. Uh, one of me doesn't come to mind, but one of my friend does. So let's exploit that, dude. Exactly. Um, you know who you damn well are. Uh, he was at a sleepover. And you know how sometimes groups of boys are savages and the whole, there was like four or five of them. And for some reason they all turned on him and he was kind of the butt of every joke. Yeah. Everything. Every group has that. Yes. I think they were playing like tag or actually I think they were playing like WWE or something and they all are picking on him and it gets to the point where he's so agitated he yells, if any of you mother effers do one more thing. And he grabs a really stale pizza crust and he grabs his friend. Which can knock people by out. the head. He has his friend like in a chokehold and he takes the pizza crust and puts it to his friend's throat. He said, if any of you mother effers take one more step, like Josh is going to get it. <laughs> and one of them like lunged towards him and he just goes, and rips the dry pizza crust across his friend's <laughs> neck and throws him to the ground <laughs> and is just like screaming in rage. Pizza sauce coming out of his neck. His <laughs> <laughs> marinara everywhere, dog. No, but legit, he like scratched the shit out of his <laughs> neck. He was like droplets of blood from bread, dude. Dude, crusty bread is <laughs> dangerous. Second to a uh, rusty blades. spoon. Yeah. <laughs> a straight up bona fide uh prison shiv <laughs> but anyway yeah i feel you i know what it's like sometimes you just get worked up into a heightened sense of you just like lose all humanity yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh hit it
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3AM. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. You wake up. It's 2050. You just pulled a Huck Finn. What's the first thing that you Google after your 30 years of slumber? Okay, first of all, I don't think Huck Finn was a slumber. Was it was Ichabob Crane. <laughs> no, no, also, yeah. Yeah, but he slept. No. You're thinking of that dude that fell asleep for like 100 years or whatever? Yeah. Who is that? Rip Van Winkle? Yep. Ah, there you go. My bad. Not Huck Finn. Rip Van Winkle. What's the first thing you Google? Yeah. It's been how many years? 30 years. I fall asleep right now. You wake up in 2050. I be- hear it's 2050. <laughs> They're telling the truth. I would Google what is the best alternative for Google. <laughs> Most current alternative. <laughs> Jokes on you, Google's non-existent. <laughs> yeah. First thing I Google is food places. Oh, my god! Places to eat. <laughs> I don't know, man. Obviously, I'd probably check out everything I do know. Reddit, YouTube. Elon Musk. See what the hell's happening. And try to just catch up on current events. Be like, is the air breathable? Who won the 2020 are, Marble Olympics? Are we all Chinese now? <laughs> is this Mother Russia? Is, yeah. <laughs> and then food places. <laughs> How about you, Maine? I don't know, dude. Like Wikipedia timeline. <laughs> like what's that? Like what's happened over the past? Like fifth, That's such a basic fifth answer. grade uh, history class yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> Just to catch you up real quick. Before we move on, did you want to share your story? Oh. Another confession time? Another (laughs) confession time? Yeah. Have any of you ever gotten so mad at your parents? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're some of the... uh, Did you throw temper tantrums as a kid? I'm going to be straight up with you. I was a very well-behaved child. Good. I got spanked once or twice when I was like six. And after that, I legitimately remember thinking... Well, that was dumb, and I like never did really anything else to get spanked. <laughs> I was like, I'm just not going to do that. I still was like up to stuff, but I just never like got caught. Yeah, or it even got close to like getting caught. The worst thing I've ever commit crime I committed, and I straight up lied to my mom 
she doesn't even know this and she listens to this podcast. So sorry, mother. <laughs> Apologies, mother. When I was eight, I was down the street and I found a booklet of matches. I guess this is kind of serial killery because my psycho ass was like, I need to go light a fire. <laughs> <laughs> so I took this booklet of matches, got some green ass leaves and twigs together, and I tried to light this match. Or I tried to light this like little fire near like some homes in my trees. I don't know. I was just trying to be like survival man. <laughs> I don't know how, but I get home and my mom knows I've been playing with matches. And me and my little sister are together. So she splits us up into separate rooms and brings one in at a time to interrogate us. So she's in, I'm like in front of her in her room. And she's like, how many matches did you light? And I was like, I don't know, like two or three. It was like 45 plus. It was like the whole book of matches. I was like, I don't know, like how many, two or three. She's like, I can't believe you did that. Like she's pissed, right? And she's like, go get your sister. So I was like, okay. So I walk out of the room and I was like, Heather's passing me crying and I'm crying. And I'm like, say we only let two or three. <laughs> I like whisper <laughs> out of the side of my mouth. We only let two or three. And I go back in our room and she held up, dude. She Damn, didn't sniff. She stayed strong. One. Mom's like, how many did you like? She was like, two or three. <laughs> <laughs> Organized crime. Yeah, dude. I was like, damn. I, I carried that guilt for so long. The Hatch Crime Syndicate. Yeah, do not hey. mess with the Hatch siblings. <laughs> we, we are down to, to ride, bro. Yeah, the offshoot of the Yakuza. Yep. Hey. <laughs> That's funny. Dude, I'm embarrassed at how bad of a kid I was. <laughs> at least I only remember the times I was bad, so I can't. I don't know. Those are, those are parts that stand out to me the most, I feel like. Uh, when I was a kid, I only did this once. <laughs> trying to justify my actions here. <laughs> I think once is and, more than enough. And, yeah. and, she, and they made me do it. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll tell that one after. But um, I don't know what happened to get me this angry. I was about three or four years old. But my mom made me so upset that I went upstairs to go and pee. And I'm peeing in her bathroom. And I get the bright idea to, to pinch it and hold it midstream. First of all. <laughs> That hurts. <laughs> and it takes a lot of skill. Yeah. And I run oh, out of the master bathroom into the master bedroom and I let go and I pee a little bit on the carpet <laughs> <laughs> of their bedroom floor. Maybe for like two seconds and I pinch it again and I run back and finish my business. <laughs> and I don't think she's, I've never told her. <laughs> I don't think she listens, so <laughs> I think I'm still safe. <laughs> New but, candle or yeah. something in here? <laughs> Do we have asparagus candle? <laughs> nah, pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one was same thing. I was upset. I don't know why. <laughs> but when I was like four, I got the sick rain jacket. And it had Goku on the back. Goku from Dragon Ball Z, Ooh. for all y'all who don't know. Kakarot. Kakarot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so mad. I, I went to my room and I got the jacket. And I took out a pair of scissors. And I started cutting the jacket up. <laughs> and my mom walks in mid-cut. And she says, what are you doing? <laughs> and with my face full of tears... I look at her and I scream, you made me do this. 
<laughs> you made me do that. To make matters worse, I cried and cried and cried until they got me a new Dragon Ball Z oh jacket. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> You're a little butthead, dude. I, dude. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. Yeah. I'm t- <laughs> Believe me. You're man. not the only one. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It reminds me of the meme of the guy who's riding the bike and then leans down and puts the stick in his own tire. <laughs> yeah. And then he falls off and he's like, you did this. <laughs> like, Thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> but mom, I'm sorry. Yeah, bro. You owe your mama sorry. <laughs> My the, whole life I've the, been sorry. <laughs> you made me di- di- do this. <laughs> Gets me every time. You made me do this. Sorry. You did this. <laughs> Sean, were what you a bad other? kid? Dude, I was, for all intents and purposes, a trophy child. Whoa. Perfect. For real? Perfect. Perfect. Like, let's see. I took my piano lessons, got straight A's. I got a C one time. That was really disappointing. You bastard. Um... Nope. Yeah, I was pretty good. <laughs> uh, there was one time I stole coins out of my mom's purse, and that was all we had, so they caught me. <laughs> You're like, hey, idiot. <laughs> we, uh, That's when I we learned. We have six quarters, <laughs> and six quarters are gone. I left the dimes. <laughs> so, we know the difference between nickels and quarters, Sean. <laughs> Is this a rock you left in this <laughs> To make it feel heavy. Dumbass trophy. <laughs> That's when I learned to Robin Hood and steal from the people who could afford it. There you go. All right. And then give back to your family. <laughs> <laughs> so that they'd have their quarters again. <laughs> and really all I was doing was buying those little like little Debbie's pies from the store and that was it. Mm. Should we do this? Yeah, let's go. We roll our 20-sided die to determine who tells their story in what order. Highest goes first. I was DJ a five. rolled, and he got a five. Sean is going, and he has a one. Charlie goes. Ten. So it goes. Charles, me, Sean. Cool. Okay. So I have a couple stories for us tonight. This first one is Guy and his girlfriend are asleep in their bed. Dead asleep. When he's woken up to his girlfriend saying, what are you doing? He said she had a history of like sleep talking, but this was so urgent and abrupt that it instantly woke him up and he knew something was wrong. So he sits up and he's like, he sees that she is in fact still asleep. He wakes her up and he's like, baby, are you okay? And she's like, I thought I saw someone at the foot of our bed. And so he looks around. She looks around. There's no one. She's like, that's so weird. I had the most vivid dream. Someone was standing at the foot of our bed. It's like, oh, that's, that's weird. Sorry. She goes to sleep. He goes to sleep. A little bit later, he wakes up again. But this time, he wakes up to someone standing on their bed. And he said he's so shocked and bewildered. All he can say is, what are you doing? And this person had sheets that were tangled and wrapped up around its neck. And as he's staring at the person staring back at him, his girlfriend shakes him awake. She goes, are you okay? And he's like, takes him a second. And he realizes he was sleeping. And she said, you just yelled, what are you doing? 
and he tells her what he saw, exactly what she saw. Oh, shit. Okay. So it, it starts off with her. Mm-hmm. S- same thing happens, switches. Though. But that was real. That was but real. It, caused, it was also part of the dream. Yes. So he was, aw- or he was sleeping. He's woken up to his girlfriend yelling, what are you doing? She kind of explains a little bit of what she saw, but not details. He goes to sleep. Thinks he wakes up, sees someone standing on their bed, and yells, what are you doing? But really, he's sleeping, wakes his girlfriend up. He goes, I don't know what it was. Synchronicity. Suggestion is very, very powerful. But he said he's never had anything like that happen. That's pretty creepy, though. That would be mad creepy, dog. <laughs> it's always wild to me when people have information from their experiences line up or line match. up with each other. I've had entire dreams before that was focused around diffusing a bomb. And um, I had to do all these things. I was super panicked, super stressed. And I get to the bomb and it's beeping. And I hit it right as it's beeping. And right as I'm about to hit it, it starts making this loud noise. And the loud noise I wake up to is my actual alarm clock going off. And so I like sit there for a while and I'm like, my entire dream led up to that noise. Like that was the climax of my dream. And somehow my dream knew that it was like going to be my alarm. I wonder if it's because of, I don't know, obviously because I'm a sleep expert. Yeah. But rapid eye movement. So it's like the first thing you wake up to Mm -hmm. in that split second, your mind just puts pieces together from that dream state you're in. I've actually heard that. I don't know. That's like the time is different and you think it's like super linear, but you really can experience like a whole ton of things all at once. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that would make sense. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. That was a quick one from Orange Derps. <laughs> that, one, that one's different, though, because they woke up first time it happened, went back to bed, and then they woke up again. And they experienced the same thing both times. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. All right, next story. This one actually comes to us from one of our patrons on Patreon. Dope. So shout out Jake Parker. Thanks, Jake. You the man. Appreciate it. All right, so this story happened to him about 10 years ago. He used to be an intern for the Center for Victims of Violent Crimes in eastern Idaho. So their office was in the basement of Hotel Bonneville, and it was across the street from the courthouse. Pretty old building, whatever. There was three people that worked in this office. It was him, his director, and then a a, a girl, a female. So it's pretty cramped. It's a small space. They're working. He gets to work one morning, and he gets an email opens it and it's from his brother and the first thing it says is are you okay i had a feeling that you were in danger and i needed to contact you so he emails his brother back right away and says yeah like everything's good what's up and he goes i don't know man i had this dream last night and he said they're both very uh they're both fairly religious and he said this didn't feel like a normal dream like i almost want to say premonition but i feel like you're in trouble and he kind of brushes it off and says, like, no, everything's good, man. Like, everything's fine. We're good. The director is there working and gets a phone call about 20 minutes later. And it's his dad. So he, like, steps out of the room, takes the phone call, comes back in, says, I just got the weirdest call from my dad. And he's like, why? And they're pretty good friends. So he told him, he's like, he just said all last night he had the weirdest feeling. And he needed to call and ask me, are you okay? And, and his, obviously Jake is like, whoa, 
tells them about the email and they're both like, okay, that's kind of weird. So they're talking a little bit and they're both kind of annoyed. They feel like the universe is trying to tell them, but it like isn't going to them. It's going to like their family members and stuff like that. And they're just discussing how weird that is. Still, they decide to do nothing. So the third coworker gets there. The girl? Yeah. Hmm. And there's like small talk, you know, greetings and what whatnot. And she very quickly goes, so I got a really weird phone call from my dad this morning. And both of them obviously are like, what did he say? And she said, I don't know. He just said he got a really weird feeling and then asked me if I was okay. And said he felt like I, we were in danger. Within five minutes, the doors are locked, the lights are off, and they took off. They closed for the day. They're like, nope, we're getting out of here. So they left. They'll go home. The whole night, Jake is wondering, dude, what is that? That's weird, right? That's str- Like, you can't ignore that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said while she was saying, um, telling about her dad's phone call, the scripture popped into his mind as clear as day. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Will truth be established? And they all just got the fe- weird feeling. They agreed pretty much like without communicating it, and they left. And that whole night, he's wondering, what did we dodge, dude? Like, what was that? What's a sign for? So goes to sleep next morning, comes around, and he's almost anxious to get to work. Gets to work. He's half expecting to have, like, the door broken in or something. Someone has broken in, but nothing. So he says, okay. He's the first one? Yeah. Goes to the camera room with the security tapes. And he goes, okay. Half expecting, I'm going to see something crazy on here. Turns on the security tapes and starts fast forwarding. Nothing. Checks the premises. Nothing. His other two coworkers show up. Anything happen? No. And as far as he can tell, he has no idea why they received that warning. Yikes, dude. So in his words, I'll just read his words to close real, really quick. He said, I don't know if it was synchronicity or help from the other side or just the most random events kind of lining up that have ever happened to me. I don't know why that message was delivered to us, but it seemed too planned to be coincidental. And he said, so that's my story. No ghost, no madmen, just a mystery I'll never know the answer to. I asked my brother if he remembered this event, and he said he did. He said he, his dream was of him, and the rest of our family was preparing me to be eaten. Now, I really don't know what's going on or how God could have saved us through such a weird dream, but I hope I would have been tasty. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks for the great show. I really appreciate it. You guys rock. Jake. Um, You know what's really creepy right now is very recently someone hit me up that I haven't talked to in 15 years, and she's like, hey, how's it going? I just I felt like I needed to see if you were okay. I'm going to pull up the freaking message, dude. Ooh, dude. That can't be just a coincidence, dog. <laughs> this is creepy, bro. How do you know this person? Um, she lived in Ohio, and we went to seminary together. Cool. So you guys had classes together? She said, hey, long time no see. Had a dream with you in it last night. You doing okay? <gasps> dude, message her and be like, what was the dream? Do I need to look out for anyone? <laughs> Huh. And what'd you tell her? You're fine. Yeah, I said, hey, everything's good. And Asked then, how they were doing. Interesting. Hmm. Dreams are funny. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When someone starts to tell me their dream, 
99% of the time, I'm like, this needs to end as fast as it can. Because <laughs> it's like, and then I was in a room, and then like zebra, and then like gum was running, and then like Aladdin was it. And you're like, I don't care about any of this. Even if it's a scary <laughs> dream, like at the end of the day, I saw like dark red eyes staring at me or whatever. It's like, it's, it's hard to relate dream. to because you started with, I had a dream. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so did Martin Luther King. Yeah. <laughs> And look where he is now. (laughs) He's got his own holiday, bro. In the hearts of many. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, did I ever tell you about that girl I was, I was like, I had was talking to while I was serving a mission. Mm -mm. So there was an area in my mission where a ton of people had left the church. Oh yeah, dude. And it was all the young single adults. So all the people who were like. 18 to 25, they all left. And it's because this one kid came back from his mission and he had decided that the church was untrue and that it was his mission to get everyone to leave the church. Sure. So he went back to where he served, found all of his people who he helped join the church and made them unjoin. Hmm. And then started like getting everyone to unjoin. So constantly every day I would wake up and outside of our door was like anti-Mormon literature on the ground. And all of the YSA were like with them. YSA is young single adults. Yeah, sorry. He was the most charismatic. He was good looking, charming, super like influential. Hmm. So Satan. No. (laughs) Yeah, no judgments here, but yeah. (laughs) You do you, dog. So we were talking to this one girl who was like deciding if she wanted to stay or leave. And she's like, hey, guys, can I share a dream I had last night and tell me if you think it means anything? And we were like, sure, go for it. She goes, it was so weird because it was like I was really there. Like it was the most vivid dream I've ever had in my life. But I was in this home and it was this massive brick mansion. Beautiful. And I was in a room and you know how you just know things in your dream? Well, I knew we were all getting ready for this dinner party. So I was getting ready and this kid who was like leading everyone away comes by and he's like, hey, are you almost ready for the party? And she's like, yeah, I'll meet you down there. And so they go down almost together down to the stairs and they come in this master dining room. There's this huge table that's set with delicious looking food everywhere and these beautiful placemats all for them. And she walks in and it's everyone she knows who are like the young single adults from the area. And they're all sitting down at these tables or these chairs. So she comes in, there's two empty seats and she sits down and that kid sits down right by her and they're all sitting around. They're having so much fun. Everything looks beautiful. They're excited. And then the room goes quiet and the door opens in the back of the room and this man walks in. She's never seen this man before. She realizes there's an em- one empty plate across from her at the table. And right when this man walks in, all of the noise stops and all eyes turn to him. And she said he was the most, just all the energy went to him when he walked in. Charismatic. I don't know. He didn't do anything special, didn't say anything special, but something happened when he walked in. He had everyone's attention. And he slowly walks down and looks at everyone and smiles and sits down in the chair right across from her. And as he's doing so, he's making strong eye contact with her. And she said, I don't know why, but I did not get a good feeling from him. Wasn't a bad feeling. 
It wasn't like a no, like a super strong feeling, but something wasn't right. This man sits down and greets everyone to his table. He says, thank you for coming to my party. We have a delicious feast. Feel free to eat as much as you want. There is no amount to what you can eat in here. So please start eating. As she's saying that, she gets super nervous to the point where she almost wants to scream. And all she can hear in her head is, do not eat the food. Don't eat the food. So she looks over and her friend, who had like was leading everyone away, takes his fork, gets a huge forkful and takes a huge bite. She said, I almost knocked the fork out of his hand. Like I wanted to scream, don't eat the food. And she looks around. All of her friends are just eating. They're mowing down this food like it's Mitsuken. (laughs) And they're eating and they're eating faster and none of them are looking up. And she's looking around in horror as all of her friends are eating. And all as she's looking around, she looks at the man sitting across from her. And he's staring directly into her soul, smiling. And he goes, why don't you eat? And she said, no, I'm not going to eat. She looks over at, I almost said his name. She looks over at her friend. And he said, with every bite, he becomes more gaunt and thin and emaciated looking and weak until he's like hunched over, still putting food into his mouth. And she's bawling, shaking him, please stop, please stop eating. And he just keeps taking bites. And she looks up at the man and he's smiling, looking at her, just says, he is mine now and he will be mine forever. And she wakes up and we're sitting in that room and she's like, so do you guys think that means anything? (laughs) And I was like, just straight speechless, dude. I was like, uh, yeah, (laughs) like, holy shit, dude. That was (laughs) crazy. (laughs) But, uh, it was just weird to hear someone with such a clear dream. I don't know. It was interesting. Very true, yeah. Reminded me of Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) The dude with the hands and the eyes and and the palms of his hands. The feast on the table you're not supposed to eat. But just creepy to me. Hmm. All right, so this last one. So this kid was in eighth grade, and they were doing this field trip tour of Louisiana. And he said it was basically the southern part of Louisiana, and they were visiting all these historical places, right? One of the places they visited was known as Myrtle's Plantation. So Myrtle's Plantation, the home, the actual house, has the record of being one of the United States' most haunted homes. Like, it has insane stories. I only read a couple. One, they have a picture this couple took. Behind them in the window, you can see what looks like to be a small slave girl standing in the window. It was supposedly built on an Indian burial ground. So you would say, <laughs> you would say a dark figure. Oh. <laughs> I would like to note that the darkest person in this room said that joke. <laughs> yes, D- yes, DJ. <laughs> it was supposedly built on an Indian burial ground. So already it has was. the atrocity of slavery built into it. Mm-hmm. Then you're throwing Native American burial ground into it. And a lot of people report seeing a young Native American girl running through the halls or something like that at night. So there's a lot of sightings. So this is where this kid is in eighth grade. They're with a large group and they're taking a tour. 
and the tour guide is speaking. They're in this dark room. They're just standing in this huge crowd. And the tour guide is telling him something. And in the middle of his sentence, our friend hears a noise. And he looks around and he's looking at all his friends in his class and all the other people in the tour room, tour guide, and no one seemed to react. He said it sounded like a distant piano key. And it just went, and he heard it strike. And then he heard it strike again. And again, he's looking around and no one's reacting. They've actually recorded what it sounds like. (laughs) And it sounds like this. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Just kidding. Let's just run away from Kanye West. (laughs) So they hear, he, he hears this piano key. He looks around. No one's reacting. And finally he goes, are you guys hearing this? To all his friends. And his friends are like, what? He goes, do you hear that piano? And all of them are quiet for a second. No, I don't hear anything. And then he hears it again. He goes, there it was, there it was. And all of them are like, okay, no, you're done. (laughs) And so the tour guide just keeps talking and he's silently freaking out, trying to like contain it. All of his friends are like, dude, I don't hear anything. And he's sitting there. He hears it again. He looks up and through the crowd, he sees a lady staring right at him. Oh. And the lady's just staring at him. He's staring at her. And silently she goes, points at him. Hell no, dude. And he's staring at her. And she goes, and points at her ears. Like she can hear it? And he realizes she's saying, you hear it too. And he just nods his head slowly and she nods her head slowly. And while they're doing this, while they're having this interaction, the words of the tour guide come back through and he's telling them a story of an old soldier who died, used to play piano in this room. And people have reported hearing this piano at night and his blood runs ice cold, right? Finishes the story, tour guide, they start moving to the next room and him and the lady just walk straight to each other. And she goes, did you hear that? And he goes, yeah. Did you hear it? Yeah. My friends didn't hear it, though. She said, no, my my husband and son didn't hear it either. And they just kind of like, hmm, and went to the next room. That's trippy, dude. That's fun. Is that it? That's it. Dude, (laughs) I am high-key afraid of being in a situation where I see, hear, and or experience something. And I'm with a group of people, but I'm the only one. Oh, yeah. Because who am I supposed to relate to with about the experience? And nobody's going to believe me. Everyone's going to think I'm crazy and write me off. So I I think you have kind of a unique situation because if you did that with me and Sean, I would believe you. Mm. Same. Especially if you gave me our password. Yeah, dude. All right. Yep. (laughs) But still. But I know what you're saying. If you you didn't see or hear it or experience it, it's still tough because it's like, I don't know, dude. That's, but it, at least he had one other person. True, true. And they both saw it. And I don't know, dude. That's wild. I like that. It's that's really creepy to me. I have chicken skin <laughs> thinking of that. Well, that's me for tonight. Thank you for letting me share like way too many stories. <laughs> no, you're good. I guess that's me next. So this one comes from. We'll call her Cosette. So Cosette, this the location of the story is also undis- undisclosed. So Cosette is living in an apartment. She's been in this apartment since 2014. She lives by herself. Well, not with her, by herself. She has a dog. Big Great Dane. 
And I guess this apartment complex is big enough where they have their own like dog park. Hmm. So over the first few years, she frequents the dog park. It's right outside her apartment. And she meets the other residents. She becomes acquaintances with, with some of them. She, she knows names and faces of, of a handful. But she says specifically she doesn't get really close with anyone. She's just busy with her own life and her boyfriend. And in 2017, she comes home one day with her dog. And on the doormat is a collar with a dog's name on it. She thinks it's a cute collar, thinks it's weird because she doesn't know who it's from. There's no note left with it. And she decides to think that this is from one of her acquaintances, you know, one of the residents in the apartment complex. So she actually uses the dog collar, gives it to her dog. About three months later, she comes home and she finds in front of her apartment again, a bag of dog treats. And it's her dog's favorite treats. And at first she thinks it's sweet. And then she thinks, I don't know where or who this came from. Again, there's no note. So because I don't know where this came from, who gave it to me, I'm just going to trash it. Because be safe. I don't want to give my dog something. I don't know where it came from. Right. Though yeah. I know it's my dog's favorite treats. I can just get it myself. Five months later, at this point it's 2018. And... She finds a toy and the same treats again. And at this point, she thinks it's really weird because it's the third instance of something being left for her dog with no note or indication of who's leaving it there. So at that point, she goes to her acquaintances who live there. She's asking them. They don't know anything. She really doesn't find any information, but she trashes that as well. About a year ago, her and her dog are playing right outside her apartment, and his favorite toy is this little dinosaur. And when they decide to wrap it up and head back inside the house, she makes the dog leave the toy in front of the door. Front door because it's really muddy. She doesn't want to take it in. She's going to clean it first before they bring it in. So they leave it at the front door. They go inside. Later that night, she goes outside her door to grab the toy, clean it. It's gone. She does remember that that day is trash pickup day and they all have trash bins right in front of their front door. So she's thinking the trash guys probably picked up the toy with the trash as well. So that happened a year ago. Not too long after that, she gets engaged and she moves in with her fiance. And she kind of just, because she's not super close with anybody there, she doesn't have any family in the state. She picks up, moves out doesn't leave a forwarding address, nothing. Moves in with her fiancé about an hour away. And they're, she's there for a couple months, still working. She works a late night shift. Uh, her shift, at least in this particular time that this next event happened, uh, she works from 11.30 p.m. to about 4 in the morning. So she comes home really late or really early in the morning. And this one particular morning... She comes home, the dogs are already awake, and they have to use the bathroom. Her fiancé is asleep. So she's making food, she's hungry, she opens the door, she lets the dogs out, go do their business. She turn, turns the lights on outside and goes out into the back porch and is just watching them 
while they're outside. And they run back to come inside the house. She turns around and she can see that the toy is sitting on her porch. The red dinosaur? The dinosaur. And it was still muddy and had the same rip in its tail. So there, it was, there was no denying that this was the same toy, you know, her dog's favorite toy. It's so discomforting to her because before she left for work, she took the dogs out. And she knows for a fact that there was no toy there. So sometime in the middle of the night while she was out, this person who we can probably assume is the same person, hopped over their six-foot fence in the middle of the night while she was out, left the toy, and hopped back over because the gate is locked and only they have the keys. She checked on the gate, still locked. So she's freaked out. Like I said, she didn't leave a forwarding address. No details on her moving. She didn't tell anybody. She just left and moved into her fiance's house a few months prior to that. So she buys some cameras on Amazon and she installs the cameras. And that same week, she catches the person who's doing this. She can see in the footage that this truck drives by and comes back and backs in slowly into their driveway. And she recognizes the truck. And the truck is one of the groundskeepers from her previous residency. And the groundskeeper is someone she was always really friendly with. He was a little slow, a little mentally challenged, and she made a particular note that she was extra nice to him because other tenants would make complaints about him and call him a retard and all these things. So she just wanted to befriend him. And he was always nice to her and her dog. And every time that she had her dog, he would always, you know, make an effort to pet it and make small talk and then go on their way. So she's really confused and kind of sad because she liked this person. But now he's stalking them. So she reports it to, she calls like the non-emergency hotline. And they get a detective to work with her on this. And they talk to, they talk to um, the previous uh, residency and people who are employing him. I'm not too sure what action was done after that. Uh, that's the last update that she got. But before she found out that it was the, the groundskeeper, I just thought how I, I couldn't shake how creepy that was to have moved an hour away, leaving no trace behind. I still don't know how the groundskeeper was able to find her address, but coming home early that morning, still dark, finding the toy right there. Nope. I'd immediately think they were watching me right then and there. Oh, yeah. And chances are he was. Maybe, dude. We don't know. Because at that point, she didn't have cameras, you know? But I would get in the house right away. But luckily, she came out safe. But it it was creepy to me just thinking of the whole being stalked and it could be completely like friendly and maybe just misjudged and severely overstepped bounds but it could not be yeah Yeah. you can't you can't take a risk on something like that 
Mm-hmm. Someone's willing to track you down and hold on to a toy for over a year and then plant it in a place that tells you, you know, in the middle of the night. Like the fact that he's doing that in the middle of the night and stuff, he's like aware enough that like he doesn't want to be seen. Yeah. Kind of tells me he knows it's not good behavior. I don't know, man. It was frustrating to me to think of her coming home every time or what stepping out of her apartment, seeing her dog's like favorite things with no like attachment to it. No note or. Yeah, leave a note. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise you are kind of forced to throw it away. You have no idea. Yeah. That's true. Be nice. Don't be creepy <laughs> doing it. The dynamic of a stalker could possibly be the scariest like scenario for me because this person is patient and he's playing a game and he most likely is going to be one step ahead the entire time, right? Like you're playing their game. Yeah. I would not be down with that. There is another story I have. Um, Not necessarily a stalker. Oh, Real quick though, until she installed the cameras, I was, I was thinking it was her boyfriend. That's what I thought too. And she like married a psychopath. I didn't think about that. Like that was my first thought, actually, yeah, from the like, oh, get no. go. <laughs> like now she's in his home. <laughs> but yeah, and then he licked her hand while she was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> drip, 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 drip. <laughs> and then she, the dog, said to her, "Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights?" <laughs> <laughs> Bro, all those urban legends just <laughs> all together. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're totally fine. Uh, this one isn't. This one is doesn't have to do with a stalker, but it reminded me. Just a, a a creepy encounter. I'm trying to get my memory and facts straight on this, but husband, wife, children, they're up late watching TV. Wife and the children decide they're going to go to bed, and the husband says, "I'm going to go." Uh, they're in the basement, like their family room, theater room or whatever, watching TV, watching these movies. And the husband said, I'm going to go work upstairs for a little bit. I'll be back down. So they all fall asleep on the couches. Husband goes upstairs. And later that night, she's sleeping there on the couch. And her husband walks in, lies right next to her, and he's naked. <laughs> she's like, oh, some sexy time. <laughs> so... <laughs> She's st- she's kind of sleepy, but she's st- trying to wake herself up. She's getting excited, and she's she's feeling him up, <laughs> and she realizes that's not her husband's body. Oh shit! And in the dark, she immediately screams and grabs her children, brings her. Brings them to the corner. She hears upstairs, doom, 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 doom. then down the stairs, doom, 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 doom. lights turn on. It's the husband, and there's this naked man on the couch that they've never seen before. The husband grabs him, and there's just yelling, you know, "Who the hell are you? You know, what are you doing here? Get out of my house!" About to beat this guy, giving him a second to respond, you know give his case and this man was really apologetic but pretty incoherent at the same time they quickly realized that he was drunk and while he's explaining himself there's a knock on their door 
So they bring the man upstairs, and he's stumbling over himself, and there's a few people waiting outside the door, and they call his name, and they, they take him. The whole story is there's a music festival nearby. It's late at night. He was drunk, and they had an Airbnb right next door. Oh. Fr- they send the friend home. I'm not sure why he went home by himself if he was that drunk. Not good friends. <laughs> yeah, not good friends. Um, but he got the wrong house, apparently. And this is, a, this is the information we have. But he, he, got, he got into the wrong house and slid in. With, and almost got into the wrong house. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you know what's truly terrifying about that story? What's up? Is the mom was about to make hanky-panky with her GD kids on the same That's couch, what I was dog. <laughs> <laughs> Have some decency, bro. We're gonna scar them like DJ. <laughs> Story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> put your left hand in. Put your left hand out. <laughs> I wonder how she realized. She's like, "You are missing two inches." <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Forgive me, Father. <laughs> For I've sinned. Those are the stories I got. Yay! Thank Joe. you, man. Yeah. Joe. So I got a couple of stories for you as well. Start you off with a little story from... Well, it's from this guy who... And the way that he tells the story is he visits this house for... Or he stays in this house for a month or two out of every year. So I feel like he was living with family or something like that. But he uh, basically is working remotely, and they have this room saved for him. Is this right now? Um, During the quarantine? Yes. Cool. He was quarantined before it was popular. Oh. <laughs> no, this, is, this isn't as of right now. But um, essentially, he was working remote. He was able to work at this other place. I assumed it was with family, but didn't actually mention they had a room saved for him as well, and he would work late nights as well, but he would just work from inside his room. He said one night he's just working and has to go to the bathroom. Now, he lived at this place for one to two months of the year or every year, and so he's pretty familiar with the house. He described it as going outside his room, and he would make a left-handed U-turn to get to the bathroom. So like down the hallway, left, left, bathroom. Did you ever turn corners with your fist clenched? Bro. <laughs> Near, Past tense literally every time. Nearly every time. Yeah. Oh. Even in my own house, dude. I am <laughs> constantly Arthur meme. <laughs> I try to go open-handed though, just in case, like <laughs> you catch a friend or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Just like, you know, it'd be safe, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. And I'll tell you the exact reason why, but I will, I'll let Sean finish. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So he says he's very familiar with the way to get to the bathroom because he's, he's been in this place for quite some time. He would make this left-handed U-turn. Now, the family he was staying with was already asleep. It was really late at night. He didn't want to turn on any lights to wake anybody up. So he basically goes out of the room. He goes down to the end of the hall, makes a left, walks a little bit further, makes another left, goes to the bathroom. Then... And you know how like late at night when you like turn the lights on in the bathroom and then you turn it off to go back. You're so blind, dude. You can't see anything. That's the worst. That's when the demons come. I know. You just get solar flared. (laughs) (laughs) Even 
<laughs> he just can't see anything at yeah. all. So what he does is he flips off the light. He goes out of the bathroom, makes a right. Then he makes another right. And then he stops. And he sees a dark figure standing. And he can barely see because he's just like blasting his eyes with the light. It seems like they're just standing in the hallway. So he like all of a sudden is freaked out. He swears he sees just a figure standing there at the end of the hallway. He starts making his way to the room slowly. And then again, he feels like he sees someone just standing there. And he doesn't want to turn on any of the lights still. Even though at this point, I would have been like, f*** it. I'm turning the lights on. <laughs> he makes his way slowly and he feels like this person is inching closer to him as he continues to go. Oh, and he continues to inch closer and closer. And then as he gets to his door, he realized the doorknob's not there anymore. And that he had left the door open with a mirror on the back side of the door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Oh, man. It's like a I've... picture of cats fighting themselves in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Dude, have you been spooked by your own Hell reflection? Yeah, boy. Yeah, oh, dude. yeah, dude. It's... <laughs> I at least make like like the thought crosses my mind. Like, what? What? Two weeks into quarantine, I saw my naked body in the mirror, and I was spooked. <laughs> <laughs> How obese I've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's until the reflection says to him, I got you. <laughs> I beat you. Bro, I am mortified i am so traumatized about going to the bathroom at night because of one scene in the sixth sense oh yeah dude cole i haven't seen sixth sense but give me them spoilers because it's my fault the movie came out what 20 (laughs) years ago so cole can see dead people he can see ghosts yes and when you know there's a ghost around it gets really cold Mm -hmm. so cole's sitting in his room and he's holding He's in his chonies and he's holding his little Wayne. <laughs> and you just know, you know his body language right away. You're like, damn, he has to piss. But he, he doesn't want to leave his room. And he like looks around and he goes, doo, 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 and runs to the bathroom, flips on the light and starts peeing. And in the middle of him peeing, he's like relaxing. You can see from the camera is facing into the door and you see like him standing at the toilet right in front of the camera and in front of the bathroom door, a figure goes Whoom, and passes all fast. And as it passes, Cole like turns slowly and looks behind him. And then he finishes up, he flushes, and he walks out of his the bathroom down the hall and the kitchen lights on. And you can see like a shadow, someone moving in the kitchen. And all of a sudden you can see his breath coming. And he walks into the kitchen and he sees his mom at the kitchen. Is his mom dead or no. No. He sees his mom like at the sink washing dishes or something, and he's like and he relaxes. And his mom turns around. And he realizes it's not his mom. And she thrusts her wrist at him. And she goes, look what you made me do. And she just has huge gases up her arms. And she's this dead body. She's a ghost. She has huge cuts in her Dragon Ball Z raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> and it was DJ. And <laughs> But anyway, he freaks out, runs back to his room. Mm-hmm. But I saw that like as a 12-year-old. And straight up have like refused to go pee at night since then. <laughs> Did I hear you? Dude, the worst though is when you're camping and you have to pee at night. Nah, dude. You just, I will hold that shit all night, yeah. bro. You just make your body eat it. <laughs> Absorb it. <laughs> I reabsorb it into my body. <laughs> dude, I've gotten desperate enough where I just 
open the front <laughs> flap and just pee from outside or f- pee right at the door of the tent and, and just close. pisses on everyone's shoes inside the tent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In Australia, they call that a shoey. Oh. <laughs> DJ fishes his weenie through his underwear and then fishes it through the tent. (laughs) (laughs) That's some double pen right there. Um, Everybody's had that feeling and that experience when playing hide and go seek as a kid. When you you hide and immediately have to go and pee. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just that adrenaline hits. (laughs) And your bladder's just like, nope. I'm going to head out. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so that was your first story? Yeah. No, that one got me too. I was like, gosh, damn it. <laughs> I got to the end. I was like, you little fricker. That's hilarious. So you had another story? Yeah. So my other story tonight comes from a fellow traveler like myself, solo traveler. And it was also in the UK. Now this person, they decided to take a little bit, uh, a trip a little bit further to the southwest of London. So they're going towards the coast. And it's a place called New Forest, England. And New Forest is pretty rural. And there's like a ton of lodges and stuff like that. She decides to go and stay at this lodge that had previously been a hunting lodge as far as like she knew. That's just what it had said. Um, And she was traveling with a group of people solo. So it's like she had come by herself and there was a group of people that she was with at this point. Cool. They just kind of like met up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she gets to the lodge or they get to the lodge and it's kind of this creepy old English lodge, if you can imagine that, Um, probably with the thatched roof, um, like the big old oak trees around the buildings. I see a lot of wood and stone. Wood and stone. (laughs) Torches in the walls. (laughs) But um, they head into the lodge, they get checked in and right away she kind of gets this creepy vibe. She's just like uneasy about this place, but not enough to say, hey, I'm not going to stay away. here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And plus she's with this group of people and they're all checking in. This is what they're doing. So they kind of go about their activities for the day, eventually make it back to the lodge that evening. And she has her own room. She heads over to there, closes the door, gets ready to go to bed. And she has this really just creepy feeling still, this uneasy feeling. Um, DJ is rubbing his leg hairs <laughs> on my leg hairs, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Is when my man leg hair intertwines with another man leg hair. Dude, it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry he ruined your story. Continue. Oh, I'm just <clears throat> she goes to her room. And she still has this uneasy feeling, but now she's by herself. So it just takes her forever to finally go to sleep. And she she mentions, at least at this point, like it was one of the few times she couldn't bring herself to turn off the lights in her room. Eventually, she falls asleep with the lights on, and she has this dream. And this dream is this super vivid vision of her in a trench and she's running through this trench and starts hearing just bombs go off like all around her and she's like freaking out she's obviously and she wakes up and hears like banging of metal from like outside is probably like a like a gutter or something it was banging up against the house Hmm. 
And sure, we'll we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Or something. She hears the banging of metal up against the house. Now she's even more uneasy and she's just like laying there. She can't bring herself to go back to sleep. And she stays awake the rest of the night. And then in the morning, she and the rest of the guests in her party are waking up and it's a and b so they go and get breakfast. And when she gets down to the dining room, she sees this picture on the wall, but it's like one of the picture frames with like multiple pictures in it and then a story underneath it. And the story details how this hunting lodge became a makeshift hospital during World War II. And so all the people that were being brought back from France and the trench warfare were being put up in this lodge. And essentially, people died. There were a lot of people that died, a lot of people who made it, but it wasn't exactly this B&B at the beginning either. So once it had been reconverted back to the hunting lodge, it became a B&B. So they died and then also were unfamiliar with their environment if this, there were spirits that continued to live in that lodge. So it was that day, though, that once she read that, she decided, hey, you know, I know we're with this group here, but I'm going to go and find a different B&B. I'm Audi right now. She seemed to, like, pick up on something pretty hardcore. Yeah, she was picking up on something. And she said she hadn't watched anything World War II or anything like that that would have brought those types of that type of imagery up for her either. It seemed solely to stem from being in that lodge. Mm-hmm. Either way, dude, that's a little creepy, I think. Hell yeah, man. Especially the uh, correlation of banging up against the house from something outside with bombs going off in her dream. It's like relative PTSD almost. I think it's weird when you're dreaming and your antenna seems to be able to pick up more frequencies, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's happened in almost all of our stories tonight, like with the girlfriend, the guy. Yeah. That girl I met in Australia. It's got to be something to it, yeah. Odd. Hmm. And that's our show. (laughs) Yep, that's all I got for tonight. Anything else, y'all? No, I'm good. I think I got my fill of spooks. (laughs) I'm feeling real spooky. Um, just real quick, thank you to everyone out there who listens, who likes, who comments, everyone who submitted a story. Mm -hmm. That's like my favorite part of all this is being, whenever we see a new message or a new email and it's someone who sent in their story, that's so, it's so fun because you get to connect with them, talk a little bit, ask some questions and and hear the story for them Mm -hmm. is so much more powerful. So yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to our patrons. Especially Aaron Block. Mm-hmm. Rio Grill. Big shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all. If you have a scary story, DM us on our Instagram at 3am pod. Send us an email, which is your friends at the 3am podcast mm-hmm. dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send us your stories, man. If you're like wondering about it, you have some time on your hands, type it up. Yeah. No. And thank you for everyone who's already participated and sent stories in. You guys are the best. Yeah. With that said, Trust your gut and watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Be careful out there.
Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com. <laughs>